Hello, investors. This is episode zero of Analysis Paralysis. Welcome, everyone. This is Michael Liddicote, your host for Dissecting the Deal. Today's episode is a test recording. I'm trying out something new, and I got my friend Sabrina Maples to help me out with talking through what these interviews are going to be like. You know, at the 100,000-foot level, what I want analysis paralysis to be is a, a show where people come on, they talk about a problem or a deal that they have, and they just don't know how to get it completed and get it done. The investor is lacking either knowledge or resources, and I want this to be a place where we can help them if they're stuck. Uh, Sabrina and I spend this episode talking about the general format, talking about how the interviews are going to go. We use an example property that she and her husband are looking at right now. And by the end, I just can't say thank you enough to Sabrina for her suggestions. I think they're going to really make this a great platform and opportunity to help people that need it. So with that being said, let's get to the interview. All right. So what I figured we'd do is I would sort of articulate out loud how I think all of this stuff is going to go. And then we just sort of talk through what an episode looks like. And then we use your example to say like, oh, and at this point in the episode, I have somebody do this and, you know, go through that and just kind of go through there. So um, that's kind of the plan. Sabrina, I want to say thank you, first of all, though, for helping me flush out this idea. Um, that of course. I as we've been talking a little bit about stuff and I really thought that you could help me with some insight on how to do this thing that I still don't know what the title is, but I'm calling it analysis paralysis is what I think we're going to subtitle these episodes of dissecting the deal. You know, the whole point of these is to help connect people. And I think since we talked, I don't think I've shared this idea that I've had with you. I think the way that we're going to do it is at the, the end of the episode, I think I'm going to, offer to let people connect but the way we'll do it is have people like reach back out to me i'll filter and then we'll you know we'll help connect you if somebody's like legitimate really has the ability to help you know that sort of stuff and that way it's not just a bunch of like we've talked about looky loos you know about people who are just like oh well you should do this okay well you're gonna help mm -hmm. me with that like how how's that gonna work that sort of thing. Are you willing to like do the filtering? Cause that, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. Like depending on how popular it gets, that might be like take yes. a lot of time. Well, the good thing is that I had my first VA start today and Ooh. yeah. So I feel like Mr. Bigwig because uh, she actually, <laughs> she's been working on my cold calling campaign. She got through uh -huh. to two people that I had been unable to reach. And one of them gave me all the details on his property. So he's like, yeah, you'd have to make me a stellar offer, but it's still a lead that I now get to go to some investors with and be like, Hey, here's what I got going on. Uh, do you mm -hmm. want to make an offer on this? So that's cool. Um, so, and my intentions with her is to do a lot of this sort of stuff. A lot of like, you know, grabbing information and, um, we'll have the email sort of lead into her inbox and she can sort of do some of those pre-qualifying things and, and that sort of stuff so that all I need to do is that last mile. So yeah. we'll see how that all comes together. I mean, I, I think the way that everything's going to start is that it'll be a real short intro and the intro is going to be real, you know, something just like, you know, hey, I'm the host of, you know, Dissecting the Deal. And today we're talking with uh, Sabrina. And, you know, Sabrina's got a really great deal on her hands. But the problem is she's stuck in analysis paralysis. And so that's why we want to walk through the deal today. We want to give you as the investor the opportunity to, you know, see what is it that she's stuck on now? And, um, you know, where can we go from there? You know, this is mm -hmm. a property that Sabrina's already got figured out but we just don't know how to get it to the point where she's either a partner or she's the owner. It's, it's just kind of stuck, you know, in a good idea spot. So that's kind of how I think the, the opening is going to go and how we'll kind of have the hook there. I think at least we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and I was curious to get your feedback on this in both of the, the scripts I wrote out, I wrote out what I call an unsolicited promotion mm -hmm. and I feel like, I don't know, um, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, like I only hear about the sponsored people. 
I never hear about like, you know, here's the thing, like when I go to somebody, their webinar or something, or they go and they talk about their systems, they don't necessarily promote the stuff they use that's part of their regular systems. They just promote like, well, here's what I got paid to tell you about. So yeah. I don't hear anybody being like, Google Suite is awesome. Like, don't even think about going and just, you know, doing here for Dropbox and doing here for this and do like Google Suite allows me to do all of my stuff all in one place. And I only have to pay five bucks a user and it's totally worth it. And it allows me and my VA to do this. And I just figured out today that I can make a keep thing on mine and I can share it to hers. And so when she checks it off, it shows up in mine. And it's mm. great because I only have to look in one place for all the stuff that I need. Like, I think that, I mean, that would be, that's a good thing. I know from listening like, to all the, the bigger pockets podcasts, they do like name drop things. And when they name drop things like during their stories, that's what I tend to write down. Yeah. And then uh, the sponsored stuff, I know sometimes like in the contracts, like if you are sponsoring, say, Gmail, that you could never like, like Yahoo or AOL or any of the other things. Right. So maybe that's why they don't like really emphasize other options. Yeah, um, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's a thing where if you as the investor are doing it, then maybe it's, uh, maybe that un actually unsolicited promotion is not a good idea. Maybe it is a name drop. Maybe that's what it's called. Yeah. It's like, hey, just by the way, heads up, Sabrina is going to name drop Google Suites today. And mm -hmm. uh, I just want to give you a heads up that she uses it for a bunch of things. So pay attention to what she's going to tell you about. You know, mm -hmm. and so maybe it's something that does come up organically as part of it, as part of systems that people will talk and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I think my idea there was to try and highlight the stuff that people use. And I guess yeah, I'm the things also, they're actually using every day instead of just like something they're getting paid like commercial for. Yeah, it, would, it makes more sense, right? Well, and even simple things like um, I'm surprised how many investors I talk to that I mean the forums are big enough on Bigger Pockets. You'd think everybody'd be there, but like there's a lot of people I know that don't know about it, and so just telling them. Like, I know my my problem is I know it's there. I just don't feel at least for me personally, like I have anything really to offer in any like <laughs> subcategory. So, and then like, I don't want to just be like, Oh, like this is so hard. My first deal, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, just like vent on there. Cause that's right. also inappropriate. So it's kind of like this weird, like, where do I start? Because everybody that like comments and stuff is always like, you know, 10 Super years in the game. Yeah, really yeah. great people. You look at their yeah. profiles and it's like, oh, 11,000 comments made or whatever. And you're just like, oh, yeah. I have 11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's so why I'm like, uh. and then uh, we were using Cameron's profile for a while too because he's the one that has the pro. Yeah. So that's where we run all our deals. So his has, you know, a couple like history and he's a pro, but mine is like blank slate. And then yeah. I asked if I could change a profile on his to like have a combined name of us oh. but they got back to me and they Smart. said no <laughs> they're like oh yeah sorry for the hard times but no you can't combine your <laughs> like you can't use a joint account they have to be separate and like okay whatever i gotta i gotta build mine up <laughs> you you but can't do, you can't do the facebook thing and just go from you know cameron to cameron and sabrina they, they just won't yeah. yeah yeah i definitely need to do more forums but uh, I'm not sure why other people wouldn't use it. That's the reason why I don't do it. But well, but even even this is a good example of that of like, you know, maybe it's a name dropper. I know bigger pockets has the quick tip, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like, I found mm -hmm. myself on on a couple of Facebook groups. I'm part of I saw somebody with a really smart question that I that came up when I was looking. And I just put in like following because I'm interested. You know, yeah. and then that way, like, it still notifies me when that stuff mm -hmm. comes up because when somebody has the next suggestion or whatever, I've, I've been finding that helpful. But then also, I guess, in a, in a metrics-based place like Bigger Pockets, that would show that you had. Because, again, that, I mean, I remember three or four years ago, like, there was a way to hack that system. 
there mm-hmm. was a way to, you know, just, you know, start going through and, and hitting up votes and hitting and just leaving copy paste comments on everything. And you could do that. I was surprised last weekend at the expo. I had what I thought was a really just generic, nice intro for me to a couple of realtors that were in the Indianapolis area. Cause I was just trying to get to know, connect with somebody. And mm-hmm. I copy and pasted three times. Well, the third time I sent that same message, it was like, we have turned off messaging for you. You are spamming our, our members and stuff. And I was like, oh, oh, I didn't, that was not, I didn't mean to, yeah. I was doing that. But that reminded me that back in the day when I was running my meetups, I would do that. I would like just copy paste all of my connections and tag them in the event and send mm-hmm. it out. And uh, yeah, that was not, people didn't like that. But it was a way to get it out there. It was a way to get that we were having a meetup. So after doing sort of that thing, like either a name drop or, or something that's going on, just telling you about a useful tool that's going on, then I think there'll be like this little musical piece and it'll go straight into just like the interview portion of, about the deal and, and what's going on. So at this point it'd be like, hey, Sabrina, thanks for making the time to talk about your deal. You're welcome. i'm so awkward sorry (laughs) that's totally fine again this is why we have zero episodes on stuff so i'm just going to pull up to make sure i've got my list of stuff but was the form that i helped sent you like was that useful for like putting the ideas together or putting your numbers together the google doc thing yeah i sent you an excel spreadsheet or a a google sheet that had like just fill in the grays and it'll spit yeah uh Cameron filled it all in. Yes, I have it up right now so I can reference it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was very easy and it did all the, the numbers. So So I actually um, borrowed that slash liberated that from um, a group that I work with that the agents are sending investors deals. And oh, I thought and it was- they use this? And they use this as their standard format for submitting so that everybody knows what to read and and all the agents know how to fill stuff. And it was like, it's, it's pretty nice. I was, there's some stuff in it. it, I really like how it breaks down some stuff and just does all the calculations for you. I didn't know until I'd submitted a couple of deals that it also has the mortgage calculator on the second tab. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've seen that, but I didn't mess with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, yeah. I think that's why the bigger pockets have their things set up with like the cute picture and all the breakdown is so that you can yeah. send. This is just like a more straight up version of it. So let's talk about your deal. Where'd you find it? Uh, we found it on the MLS. In... It's in Georgia. It's in Georgia. Columbus, Columbus Georgia. <laughs> found it in Columbus, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you find it on the MLS or did the, an agent oh. find it on the MLS? The agent found it on the MLS and sent it via email okay. to us because okay. um, we had a search criteria going for a, a small multifamily uh, under 200000 Okay. And what was it about the deal that like, what are kind of the the numbers that made it appealing or made you, made you start off going like, oh, this looks interesting? Obviously, it was under 200000 Yeah, uh, it fit the list price. Um, and because it's a fourplex, so compared to like stuff we're looking out here in Arizona, the price was so much cheaper. We're like, hmm, let's just run the numbers on this. From the research we had done before, we know that uh, most two-bed, one-baths go for around like, Six between like five fifty and six fifty there. Okay. So if you don't, you know, do six hundred times four, that's twenty four hundred dollars, and that's way past the one percent rule. So we're like, okay, like let's really break this down. That's probably the first thing that we looked at. But also, um, whenever we look at a potential property, we look at the crime kind of in the area. So we oh, use realtor.com. Yeah, or I think I spoke um, over you when you said that. What was the, what's the website you go to? Realtor.com. Oh, just so on once we get the, yeah, we go, we get the address and then on Realtor they have, which I'm not, I don't think Zillow has it. Um, they have a little map. And then if you click on the map, it'll pinpoint exactly where the property is. And then on the top corner, there's like a bar and it says like crime, um, crime, grocery, floodplains, 
schools. I think there's one other thing. So you could basically like look through everything and the crime ratings are like from a light colored orange to like burnt orange. Sure. So we try to do like three and lower oh, okay. um, just because also it's like, this is, would be a distance uh, rental for us. Yep. So just don't want to be like in a high crime area where like sure. a lot of things could be happening, you know? Um, and then of course we look at like the nearest grocery stores, and um, the school ratings, like if this was a single family, I would be more interested in what the ratings on the right. schools are. And that's kind of like a one-stop shop. Um, I know I use, listen. Do you ever use the RPR website for that stuff? No, I've heard about that. And I think I've even downloaded it before, but I've never like actually actively used it. So I like, uh, it, it's like dot org or something like that is what it is. And I always use that um, first as opposed to realtor because the only thing that I like on NAR that's different is that it will give you a shotgun comparable price right at the top. Like it'll, it doesn't do the Z estimate, but it gives you like, like, okay, I'm actually pulling from sold properties within this area. And so it's giving you a oh. comp right there. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, it's also, it, it knows it's an algorithm, which is what I appreciate. And so it gives it a trust score. And so it's like a one to five star thing. And it's like um, the spread, I've seen the spread be like a hundred to $150,000 on where it says stuff is just because of the comps that it's pulling in. And if it's mm -hmm. a spread that far, it'll be like, yeah, this is a two star. Like we're not quite sure mm. if this, you know, is the right, you know, uh, price on this property. But then if there's a, like in a development and there's like a one for one model of where it is, it'll be like, this is a five star and we feel super confident it should be in this range. And that always gives me uh, uh, at least a baseline. And because then I don't have to start looking for my comps, like at least I can use an algorithm to do it. And yeah. um uh, the other thing I like about it is that its map will populate out to a bigger map and it will, uh, I can very quickly open multiple tabs to show me other properties that are either off market or on market or foreclosed or pending or whatever, but I don't have to go and um, like try and backtrack, I guess, from what I'm doing. Like I can just open new tabs and then use all those and I've liked it. The other thing I like about it that you don't get on Realtor is that NAR will pull the tax information. So, so are you using this in your local market? Yes. Well, I use it anywhere. Oh, oh okay. So you can, I could use that in Georgia if I wanted to. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Here, oh, okay. Me, okay. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure the only time I've seen this RPR is it's like listed in flex. Interesting fact. This one came back on the market. No. Yeah, but it came with its lots of issues. <laughs> oh. So it definitely it definitely uh, fell through during inspection, and the seller looks like was not interested in repairs or even lowering the price, which the price that the buyer had asked I think it was like ten thousand dollars off. Yeah. which the amount of things that needed, yeah, the amount of things that needed to be fixed on this fourplex was insane. And they wouldn't take a $10,000 cut off of the list. Wait, price so the like, buyer was a willing to like stay at 10 under? Yes. They wanted 10 under. And I think the only other contingency is they wanted like the roof repair done. Okay. Um, but this house had like leaky sinks. There was mold under one of the, was there mold? It's like, yeah, all electrical fusing. So oh yeah, all the electrical was bad. It needed to all be replaced. Um, the outlets were like not secured properly onto the studs. Like they found that even, like there wasn't enough outlets per unit. They had like, I don't know what kind of jerry rig of uh, <laughs> triple work they did in there. Um, what was the other things? There were so many things. There was like a leaky roof. Uh, oh, didn't one of the units like not have heat to it or something? Two oh, two of the units box. didn't have gas to the unit. <laughs> um, oh, wow. It was bad. What was there like 90, 90 
points of like fixing that needed to happen. Uh, well, the agent first of all said the salary agent. Um, they're they're just small things. Yeah, they're small things. Oh, yeah, because we because we've seen it pop back on the market. And we're like, oh, like can we like we asked our agent like can you tell us what happened? Can you call the agent? And they're like, oh yeah, like the contingencies or whatever. They couldn't agree on a price. So it fell through, um, but we did have uh, an inspector go through, like, I'm going to send you the inspector's report. It was just like little minor things. And then we read the report and it's like, the roof needs to be replaced. There's leaks in every unit. Oh, no. uh, two of the units don't have gas. One of the units, wasn't it missing like doors and the kitchen cabinets or something? But they're all, they're all rented. So I'm just like, oh, like so that would be something that I would feel really bad to have somebody living in it <laughs> that was great that they were willing to share that out i mean i suppose so I like, it doesn't do him any like, good at that point no i still think that this is a good deal but as far as like when there starts being turnover and people start moving out there's definitely going to be issues that need to be fixed right yeah but i couldn't believe that there's more stuff on there because cameron read it to me the other day and i was like they wouldn't take ten thousand less yeah, that amazes that. me that the buyer still saw enough value and was like, look, all I need is 10,000 off and I'll, I'll make all the, I'll take on all these problems. Because the numbers are still good. So if you fixed a leaky, you know, area and you updated some of the electrical, I mean, uh, we had, did we talk to somebody? I think it was in Alabama that they said that it's nine, no, for a 900 square foot unit, it cost $4,100, is that right? To replace all the electrical and the box. And these units are like 700 what? square feet. So it'd be what, times four? That's a lot of money. That, like I don't know for electrical work, that sounds, a, that sounds cheap, but I, uh, I mean, cause yeah. these are full on four units with kitchens, bathrooms, bedrooms, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't, I mean, you can share, we can't definitely can't do that yeah, yeah. Um, with all the repairs and stuff. And I would kind of be want to be, I would want to be there to make sure oh, these sure. things were getting done. Sure. But yeah, um, I think it was after I talked to you like two days later, Cameron's like, oh my God, it's back on the market. I was like, uh oh, something happened. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't come back if everything is okay. So you liked the property because it met the price point criteria, it met the unit criteria, you knew what the rents were, um, it met your criteria for sort of livability as far as crime and walking distance and all that other sort of stuff. When mm -hmm. you were doing the deal on it, you said that your realtor brought it to you. So how did you get from hey, this looks interesting to, all right, let's start crunching numbers and other sort of stuff. You just call your realtor that sent it to you up or how'd that go? Uh, no, he just, he sent us the listing and then we use the calculators on bigger pockets. And then we also use Rentometer, which was, I sure. think David talks about it all the time yep. and he has it in the, the Burr book. So we went on Rentometer first and we're like, okay, I'm not sure if the listing says that it was rented there at 550 or 600, but that's just what we were guesstimating okay. with the rentometer. And then we figured out that it fits the 1% rule. So then we just had like, just messed with the calculator and put, I think it was 600 in. And then we used the taxes and there's no HOA on this. And then the 5%, 5%, 10% management. And then we just seen that the cash on cash return, even though it's a $50,000 down payment, when we did the initial numbers, because we didn't have the utilities and that specific stuff, now we have those. Um, it was like 24%, I think. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. So then we got really excited <laughs> and we knew that we couldn't do it ourselves. So we started talking to family members and then and when you say uh, you, you couldn't do it yourself you meant the 50,000 down was a little too much for the two of you correct and we're also like currently under contract on another property so it's like sure. physically impossible for us to do <laughs> this at the same time as the other one so okay so you decided um, yeah. to go talk to family and find out if anybody yes. would kick in for a partnership and so how'd that go yes uh not 
swimmingly. <laughs> it did not go well. Um, I think we approached, um, well, I've talked to my grandmother before, and she said that she would partner, but she wanted something like in Arizona, so this wouldn't work for her. And she's currently doing her own kind of her first flip, so she's just like in lots of stress. And then uh, we contacted Cameron's mom, and she said she would also be interested. I just think just not at this price point, something much lower. And she also wants something, I feel like, in and around our house so we can self-manage and, you know, kind of be our own boots on the ground. Um, And then we contacted uh, Cameron's brother, and his brother is the one that was like, okay, tell me all the numbers. So we told him you need 50000 down. It would be a 24%, you know, cash-on-cash return. Um, because we found the deal, we would want to split it, you know, 50-50. And then if he ever wanted out of the deal, we would either refinance or figure out a way to give him his 50000 back plus, like, appreciation, which these in Georgia and Alabama, these areas that we're looking in, they don't appreciate like they would, like, in Arizona or in, like, the Bay Area in California. So it's a little slower appreciation, but... But um, even, and then, even five years of, you know, profits plus my initial investment back plus 1%, growth. 2%, yeah. whatever that would be. I mean, that's a yeah. substantial return. Mm-hmm. That's what we were thinking, but okay. he just was not amused, I guess. He, uh, he kind of laughed and he said, that doesn't make any sense since you guys aren't bringing any cash to the game even though we've done all the looking work and, you know, finding the deal and bringing it to him. And we have the realtor and we have the property manager interviewed and all these things. Right. He was more interested in like an 80, 20 split or something of that nature. So he was like, no, like, I don't want to do this one, but they're also going through home renovation. So he, he's in the tech sector. So he does a lot of like computer stuff. And I don't think that, something like this has ever been presented to him for him to like really understand like if you gave us your 50,000 or if you put like your 50,000 in the stock market, the rate of return would be so much higher with us and faster. Right. So So it's really disappointing. (laughs) So um, that's an interesting idea. Do you think that having gotten, no, it's not in the right area no, uh, not this type of property because it's a bad time for me. And no, because I don't really understand the investment. Would any, has that experience changed how you would present it to those same people in the future? I don't know. I think maybe if they seen like something like this, like a hard, hard number presentation of exactly how it would go down because these were all phone calls. Oh, um, it okay. might be different. Like so, if they seen a graph maybe. Sure. So shooting them in the email and then saying, Hey, look, here's the deal. Um, I think the thing that you said, that's really interesting that I am trying to figure out how I would implement is that idea of here's what your money would do in stock a, here's what your money would do Mm -hmm. in mutual fund B. Here's what we Mm -hmm. would do with your money in half the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's a really Literally. compelling story. Yeah, so and that, I think um, I forget who it was on the on the the fixing one of the webinars. Oh my god, I don't know the name of it. Um, but they said like you know because these numbers, even with this, with all of the numbers, like actual hard numbers as far as taxes and having to pay the utilities and all these things, the cash on cash return is still almost seventeen percent. So even what? that divided by two, that's like, what is that? Like eight, eight yeah, eight and a half percent. Yeah. And a normal stock like is five, right? And that's not guaranteed. This would be guaranteed as long as we had. As long as you had tenants. tenants. Basically, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, you know? and, we're, and we're, what like, were you factoring for a vacancy rate? Were you using five percent? Five percent. Yeah, so we did five okay. percent vacancy, five percent capex. And then a five, like what they recommend, 5% maintenance. And then a 10% on the property management. We met another investor that invests in Georgia. 
through bigger pockets and he had told Cameron that the utilities kind of on a like a 900 square foot two bed one bath because that's what he pays for his own are uh, for a fourplex are $150 for all four units. What? Yeah. So it's very cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering the mortgage payment. Yeah. So it says the monthly cash flow on this calculation we did is $677 and 69 cents. So 677 divided by four. So it's like $170 a door. And is that, and that's, is that after the calculations for the renovation stuff that needs to be done? Or was that before you guys knew what the inspection? That's before. Okay. That was before we knew the, the reno that needs to happen. So, right. but yeah, I mean, the numbers are, I mean, I still think the numbers are really good, but I, I still think even, really good. I mean, the numbers are really good. If you're by yourself, the <laughs> numbers are still good if you split it in half, Right. but Oh, the mortgage is six thirty-one. What Cameron says, um, and then you're netting, yeah. But again, if if your mortgage is covered by having one tenant, again, I know one tenant. You just need one fill, and then the the uh, landlord pays all the utilities. But we've seen on the building that there's four meters, so I'm not sure why he's choosing to pay the electrical. And then I know I had written it down. I don't remember the name that I had heard on a podcast that there's like some meter that you can put within each tenant's unit and it'll calculate how much water usage that person's using. So then you can divide it by the four and then that's probably like another, I don't know, hundred dollars a month that you could yep. get from your tenants yep. as well as like if they, you fix up the property, you could do another fifty hundred dollars um, like you see in that picture, like the garbage receptacles, get them nice garbage cans, yeah. like make it look nicer. Cause the little, that little neighborhood is like cute. Like there's, yeah. I mean, you know, just, just scrolling down Google street here and looking at everybody else, like it's clearly the, the worst one on the lot or on the lane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was definitely discouraging to hear so many no's at yeah. once. Um, after so, obviously talking to you and hearing that this would actually be a good deal, like uh, it was definitely put some steam back in our boat, I guess. <laughs> so you guys get a bunch of no from family. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get to what we talked about, sort of the analysis paralysis, right? It's like, oh, we've contacted everyone we know that has the cash to do this. Now we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And was that at the time, was that just access to cash? That was what killed the deal or what made it so you guys just couldn't move forward? Yeah, the fact that we're tied up in our a different uh, income property, but mm -hmm. all of our like people that we would know that, I mean, $50,000 is a lot for yep. our network of people we yep. know. So, you know, those people, well, and then we also, we also co contacted his sister. And his sister okay. was very interested, but I think once she talked to her husband about it, they kind of want to see what happens to us in our first rental property before they'll do anything with us. So that's also discouraging. <laughs> well, not discouraging, just frustrating, right? Because, it, you know, yes. you're, you're like, I'm building the resume. Like it's in progress, yeah. guys. Like we're, yeah. we're almost there. And they're still like, yeah, but we really want to see, you know, how your senior project turns out before we really trust you with anything. Exactly. Okay. Um, Got it. So yeah, I think the so, analysis paralysis part was getting not being, getting no's from all the sources that we thought maybe one would give us a yes and then not really knowing where to go from there. And also right. kind of thinking like maybe we're wrong with these set of numbers and we didn't do it correctly. So it's kind of like a twofold thing. Oh, that's interesting. So like, you think like, well, the cash flow is so good. We must have done something wrong. Yeah. And the fact that like his brother was like really questioning us and like, you know, the whole thing, I was like, ah, oh, maybe, you know, all the stuff I've been researching and like all the things I've been hearing, it made me question myself is what sure. it did basically. Like, Maybe I missed something. Like maybe this is wrong. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe Georgia has an annual out-of-state landlord tax that is an additional $15,000 that's going to shoot a <laughs> hole in this and, you know, and whatever. I mean, who knows, yeah. right? Yeah. It's out of market. You don't know. Okay. Yeah. After we talked, like, was, um, and then you found this came back on the market, was there anything that, like you said, sort of galvanized you or at least got your wheels spinning on how to get over the cash crunch? The only thing that I think after seeing it come back on the market and getting the Benzer is like it does need a lot of help. When we were initially in analyzing the deal, we were putting it at list price, like assuming that it didn't need that much work on the inside. Right. Um, because they're all rented out. You can't get inside until you have a contract signed. And we had our agent like do a lap around the building. Um, and he said like, you know, it was, it looks pretty nice. There's a couple of bubble areas in the roof. So the only thing we were really anticipating was the roof, but because on the bins are, it said they only wanted a $10,000 difference. It leads me to believe that the seller is not interested in negotiating like at all. And considering how much stuff was on the bins are, they should have, if it was me, I would have taken it. But because they just bought it in February, it makes me think they probably bought this knowing all the problems, didn't fix a single thing. Maybe they painted it because the paint looks kind of newer and fresh. And then we're basically trying to get like a quick flip, you know, right. by filling it with the tenants and having the cap rate set and stuff like that. Because sure. uh, like you said, it was purchased in February of this yeah. year. Yeah. And, so that uh, could be the going from 140 to 200 in a year. I mean, that's what is that a, a 40% almost, almost a 50% increase in especially in a market that has like the slowest appreciation I've ever seen or been encountered with. <laughs> yeah. Cameron has a friend who lives um, near here and they've lived in their house for more than 10 years. And I think the appreciation is gone up like 30,000 on their single family home. So Whoa. it's like very slow. Yeah. Very slow going here. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, whereas like, yeah. So if you were to look at this deal, then like um, it sounds like the two things that would help you get over the analysis paralysis is one, having an, an experienced investor, somebody that's actually done, it's preferably somebody that's been in this market to to look yeah. at this and then verify your numbers and be like no you guys are spot on like your rent's right where it needs to be this is where you tell you're you're 100 correct yeah the contractors are right on this this is where you need to be like if you have more confidence in those numbers then mm -hmm. that would be step one step two it sounds like is the cash crunch issue again so again still trying to find a investor to partner with to you know to do a get in one so that you can get just another property under your belt, but two, so that this thing doesn't just sit out there now. So does that, are those kind of like the two things of preventing the deal from getting done? Yeah. Okay. So the reason I ask it that way is because I think that's kind of how I want to summarize the end of each interview, you know, is being like, Oh, okay. So now, now anybody listening knows what the property is. You've told them the return. You've told them what the partnership is willing to look like. You've told them everything they need to know to decide if this is a right property for them. Then by mm -hmm. trying to summarize and say, okay, here are the, you know, here's the things you're really looking for to make this deal happen or make it come to life or do whatever, then I can do one of two things. And I don't know which of these I'm going to try and do yet. So option one is the simple one, which is to just say, all right, th you know, thanks, you know, really hope you have good luck and we're going to see if we can find somebody to connect you. And then the outro segment is like, you know, Hey, we're, we, we want to help somebody that can, or find some, somebody that can help Sabrina. If you're interested, contact us at info at the dissecting deal, you know, we'll talk to you and figure out if, if we can connect dots and, and make this piece work. Remember help is not offering advice. Help is offering sweat, offering money, offering, you know, the, a, a partnership there to help get the deal across the door, you know, and setting expectations for people, right? Like, don't just email mm -hmm. in if you're like, oh, well, she should have asked her brother this instead. You know, it's like, yeah. that's not helpful. Like, that is yeah. a great, that is a great Monday quarterback comment that you can go on Facebook and leave, you know, when this yeah. shows up there. What I'm looking for is... I have 50,000, your terms seem, seem right. However, 
I'm also willing to forefront the, you know, the property um, improvements, but I need all the renovation money up front first before we start splitting revenue. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, it may take two, it, depending on how serious the renovations are, that could be looking at two years before you guys start to see a return on it. But you're on the mortgage, you're in, you're in the partnership. Yeah. And again, yeah. you're not out cash. No, it'd still be zero out of our pockets. Yeah. So, I, yeah. so anyway, that's kind of the first idea. The first idea is like, tell people what engagement looks like if you'd like to help Sabrina and Cameron tackle this deal. The other thought I had was yours is a little different because yours is like cash crunch and cash crunch is tough mm -hmm. because that's a real specific partnership valuation conversation with people. But the other idea I had was somebody being able to say like, I got the property, like it, it, everything pencils out on paper. I just can't get in front of the sell. Like the seller called me one time and now I can't get in front of them again to make my proposal. At that point in the interview, part of me is like, well, it'd be really cool to do the move that bus moment from like extreme over <laughs> and be like, well, it just so happens that I've got Elliot Smith, who is one of the greatest in-person negotiators I've ever met. Elliot, welcome to the call. All right, Sabrina, you and Elliot are going to have a conversation now and Elliot's going to talk to you about how to close this, you know, and really do that sort of like, oh my gosh, what? Like we're going to, you know, and have that sort of thing happen. But I don't know if that aspect of it would take the, if the interaction of it would take it into the unreasonable length piece, because I'm hoping that these will stay to under a half hour. You know, mm -hmm. the ability to just say, like, we went down the rabbit hole going on NAR and just like, oh, and I do this and I do this and that sort of stuff. But I think with most of the people I talk to, it's going to be a little bit more succinct on what the deal is and how that comes together. And I'm hoping to keep mm -hmm. the whole thing under 30 minutes. If I, I'm worried that if I bring in somebody that is an expert, that to interact with that person, that it's going to drag. Yeah, guaranteed hour. <laughs> yes, easy. For sure. So yeah. the third option I was thinking of was in post, like having a conversation with, uh, with somebody, an expert on it and say, hey, um, you know, just to let you guys know as a follow-up, I took Sabrina's story and I went and talked to a buddy of mine and, uh, you know, I told him what she was facing and here was the comments he had to say. And then that's a one to two minute, rec you know, recording of like, well, she's having trouble trying to get in front of them. I would try to do this, this, and this. You can always send, you know, through direct mail or whatever, but the things I've found are really creative, like leave a shoebox on their front doorstep, you know, with gift card for Starbucks and that, 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 you know, what, you know, whatever it is that Elliot does to close as many mm -hmm. deals as he does. But that way I think it's like, it doesn't create an interaction. It's actionable advice. And so the audience member listening in is like, yeah, that is a really tough thing. I do wonder how they would get through that. And then it's not me like standing on my soapbox telling people what to do. It's another investor who's got some chops that is saying like, oh yeah, that's a problem I see all the time. Here's what I would do to solve it. You could even do that if depending on how long your like segments average, if you put that piece like as the first part of your next episode so then it's almost like a recap like to connect you know oh, how it sure, says sure, like sure. previously on blah blah like on tv shows they do that <laughs> previously like you on could analysis do that. dialysis exactly like you then you could have like a little like sabrina was stuck here blah 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 and then this is my advice i mean if you needed more space then you could i don't know you could do it that way too but yeah i like the the recap part yeah no, I hadn't thought about talking tagging it as the stingers, like the intro or the, um, uh, you know, hey there. Because what I hear a lot of people do on their stuff is that they will, you know, put in like, hey, here's a project we're working. Like they're doing a little bit of self-promotion on stuff or telling about what's going on with their things before they get into the meat of their show. Mm -hmm. But just to be able to be like, hey, and if you listen to episode 131 and you were curious about what's going on with Sabrina and Cameron, um, you know, here's what uh, so-and-so uh, had to say. Oh, you know, what would be interesting is that maybe it doesn't have to be me going and finding somebody. Ooh, this could be really powerful. If you're interested, you know, in, um, you know, in offering some advice or helping Sabrina and Cameron, um, you know, leave us a voicemail at, you know, and then give. Oh people, yeah, that's even better. And then, and you can then I can have, them. 
And then I can just have my VA screen all the messages. And if there's a good one that's in there, it's like, oh, that's simple. All I got to do is literally take that clip and plug it in and done, you know, and, yep. and in benefit, you know, get to then, um, you know, send those on to the investor that's agreed to be on the show and say, hey, here's some of the audio from people. But now because they've called in, I have their phone number. And mm -hmm. I can do a follow-up and say, hey, I want to say thank you so much for calling in and giving the advice. I shared it with Sabrina and Cameron. They thought it was really great. Tell me more about you. What are you doing? What are you looking for? Why are yeah. you doing that? And then I've just created a pathway. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that could be really good. Write it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because anything to save me time from having to set up another interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would be hard to, because then you have to set another kind of appointment just to ask that one person that one question. Yep. And then if you're doing it the other way, then you get the people who want to be engaged to participate and then you can turn around and follow up with them after. Yeah. And, and then leaving a voicemail will only take like two minutes. Right. But then the other thing I really like about doing that is that it does fit your model of being an intro segment you know, to, so that, Hey, you know, and if you if you didn't catch the episode with Sabrina and Cameron, um, and you're kind of lost on what Michael was suggesting, go back and listen to episode one or, you know, whatever, to see what the deal was that they were working on, you know, and where they, yeah. And then I'll plug them back. Yeah. I don't know how many, uh, like bigger podcasts I've listened that I'm watching one and they'll be like, Oh yeah, we talked about this in episode, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll finish watching that one and instantly go to that specific one. Yep. So that will help people stay like in your channel longer. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good idea. Now, when you say watching, does that mean you're, you're watching them on the uh, YouTube? Yeah. Okay. So I discovered it only through the podcast. So I've never actually watched any of the YouTube shows. I only consume bigger pockets via their, um, their podcast stuff on like Stitcher. Well, I, I, I watch the podcast. So I'm like listening to the podcast, but oh. it's just through YouTube. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, I mean the job I do real estate, but I also, um, am a medical coder and that job oh, really? is basically sure. like data entry almost all day. Um, so it's very boring. <laughs> so, uh, in this, like since COVID started and I started reamping all my real estate stuff, I just have the podcast on basically 24 oh, sure. seven sure. and like the real old ones don't even have video. So it's just like a screen. <laughs> sure. And I'm just trying to think of what some people might say. I mean, some people might say, Hey, this is, you know, John, uh, and you know, ask them, maybe it's bleep, you know, their name or what, you know, the last part of their name, if they don't want that shared. Um, uh, but just saying, Hey, I think that is a really great deal. Um, I've got a, self-directed 401k. I've got enough money to help them. You know, here's my number. Give me a call. I'd love to connect with them in order to help. That would be an awesome piece to have at the front and be like, Hey, just a reminder, like we're making deals happen here. You know, just cause you get stuck doesn't mean somebody else doesn't have the answer, you know, and that's why we're here doing, you know, our analysis paralysis and that, 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 and go from there. All right, everyone. So here's where I'm at after talking all this through with Sabrina. The show is going to be just a couple of simple pieces. We're going to start with an intro, and in the future, as we do more deals, we're going to start dropping in either voicemails or, or connections from previous episodes to let you know how people were able to connect and solve the problems that came up. Then we're going to go into the name drop where we're going to talk about a service that the guest is mentioning. Uh, like, uh, I think it was, I think I cut it from this, but Sabrina introduced me to Call 8. Uh, which is a service for collecting voicemails from people and having a 1-800 number and stuff. So I'm going to be looking into that and seeing if that's the service that we're going to use for the show. Then we go into the interview. I summarize what's preventing the deal from getting done. And then we close with an ask for others to call in and help. That's the magic. We're going to share deals, make connections, help other people achieve their dream. Achieve, boy, achieve their goals. A very big thank you to Sabrina Maples for her help in getting this done. Uh, this was a spur of the moment thing and she was a rock star and jumped right in. 
Sabrina and her husband Cameron are not only working hard as investors, but Sabrina is also a realtor in the Arizona market. She's personally helping me find small and medium multifamily. She's also helping me grow my investor and my realtor network. If you'd like to connect with Sabrina, you can get her at maplesrealtor at gmail.com. That's M-A-P-L-E-S realtor at gmail.com. If you have analysis paralysis and want help, Contact us at info at dissectingthedeal.com, check us out on our Facebook page, or call us at 509-524-9535. Until then, stay safe, and thanks for being here. 